Welcome to Once and Future Authors, Changing Lives One Book at a Time. I'm Stephanie Larkin, an author, independent publisher, and book coach. And each week we will be discussing processes and strategies to get your book finished and published and meet authors and publishing experts to tap into their experiences and expertise. There is one book out there that can change your life, and that is the book you write. So welcome aboard. This podcast is produced by Red Penguin Books, an independent publishing company working with authors of all genres. Whether you have a manuscript all ready to go, a book still stuck in your head, or perhaps even hundreds of handwritten sheets of loose leaf shoved in a drawer, visit redpenguinbooks.com and unleash your inner author. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Once and Future Author Podcast. I'm Stephanie, and I'm so delighted to be joined by author Shannon Denise Evans today. She's the author of The Velvet Moon Chronicles, The Leveling, and all the ones that are going to follow. So thanks for joining me. She's got so many pots on a fire. I hope we can keep this to our usual length. (laughs) No problem. No problem. I'm I'm thrilled you're here, but you and I could talk for like days. I think we're going to have to have like like a series, just like the Velvet Moon Chronicles. We're going to have episodes of our podcast with you. Is that okay? (laughs) No, I would love that. I'm really happy to be here. Appreciate the opportunity and um, have loved working with you so far. Oh my gosh. That's why I said you and I are going to have like a little series. We'll have season one, season two. We'll just keep going. Exactly. I I think that's great. Well, start us off and tell us a little bit about how you got into writing because you're into like everything. Uh, yes. So, uh, I kind of was, you know, into poetry as a younger kid. And when I was 16, I, 15, I started to sort of dabble with a a novel. Um, I've been a performer for a very long time, um, and an athlete. And I think it was just sort of another outlet. Uh, I've loved it. I've loved poetry for, you know, of course, you're in a high school, you have your little binder of like, you know, all the (laughs) But I got to a point where it became very cathartic. Like I would really work through things mm. in, in the writing and I would go back and, you know, for example, just for, you know, you a year goes by, you go back to some older poetry and you're like, wow, I really understand more what I was going through or I didn't realize that I would, you know, that I felt X, Y, and Z. It can be very um, informative, like in terms of excavating kind of the version of you. Um, Oh God, I'm so glad you're saying that because so many people right now need to get into what am I really thinking? Yes. Awesome. It it is. And, and it's, you know, as a novelist, it's even more interesting because I'm not sure what other authors feel. I feel pretty strongly about this. When you write, all of the characters have some fragment of you. And when I finished my novel and I took time away from it, and I went back and read it. I was like, oh my God. I, it, I had a lot of realizations about myself and how I was feeling at some of those times when I wrote some of the things, some of the things that I, it's very clear that I know I need to work on. Because you'll tend to get like, character, you'll give your characters quirks, but they're usually either your quirks or quirks you're afraid of, mm. being perceived to have. But it's safe because you're writing from someone else's point. You're writing from the character's point right, of view, right. you're exercising your own stuff. Um, so I learned that at a very young age and I always, it was kind of always in my sphere, whether I was writing poetry or music or, um, 
you know, any kind of storytelling was always interesting to me. As a performer, you're basically giving life to other people's words. And I, I really enjoyed that as well. Uh, and then, um, see, how did Velvet Moon get started? I, ha I had a dream. And I, it, was a, it was an insane dream. It was one of those dreams that you hear about. For example, J.K. Rowling's talked about this. Where she was on a train. I forget. That I might bastardize the story, so forgive me up front. But she was on a train from like Scotland to somewhere else or something like that. And she said, I didn't invent Harry. I met him. Ugh. The whole thing. I don't know if she was dozing off on the train or something, but it like showed up in her world. And she's like, I knew what he looked like. I knew what his, you know, it was, she said he came to me fully formed, which I thought was really interesting. Anyway, this dream was like that. I knew the world. I knew the main characters I knew. So I was talking to a friend off the cuff at coffee the next morning, a good friend of mine. And she was like, who's not at all into woo woo stuff, you know? And she goes, something about this story, I don't know. She goes, something, something, something. She actually started taking notes at the table and she's like, you can't forget this. And she kept bothering me. She's like, something about that dream that you had. So I was like, I'm gonna write a Broadway show. And I did. I wrote the original story as a Broadway show. I took it to uh, one of the top notch Broadway producers. I don't know how we got that meeting, by the way. Stephanie was like the weirdest. <laughs> Is Medi Universal like this guy sits with no one that he doesn't know, and um, his we went in. His assistant goes, "You have eighteen minutes or less." <laughs> blah blah blah. He's no he, pressure. No, and I mean not very kind because it's like who the hell are you know? Right. Um, excuse my French. So I went in, and he spent an hour and a half with us, and he said, first of all, the technology on Broadway doesn't even exist to do what you've written yet." Um, he's like, but he goes more than that. He said, you're a novelist. He goes, Broadway is going to be your last stop. And I was really angry. I remember I was just, I couldn't even hear him. Cause you know, you get wrapped up in the uh, execution of something. And as a writer, that's death. You have to let the book write itself. And I was not doing that with what I wanted this to become. Anyway, it took nine months. My writing partner for the Broadway show was like, just write the first chapter just get out a word document. He's like, just do it for me because you love me. It took me nine months to do it. I was so like, wow. <laughs> I wrote the first chapter. It was like a crazy snow blizzard. I'll never forget it. I send it to him. He's like, I'm coming over because he lived a block from me. He's like, I'm coming over. He is a beautiful, he's a super handsome guy. And he was like, um, he's like me and Scott, he's his husband. He's like, me and Scott are coming over. And he, walks down the street they're both in these like navy pea coats you know and they both come in they walk up my stairway they're covered in snow with their and they're all their moods are kind of strange he walks in and these are big guys you know he walks in and he had he just his eye like spilled over with the tear and he goes you have to finish this novel oh like, the first chapter touched them so much that they were like shannon you have to write this book I fought him tooth and nail to write this book. Anyway, I ended up jumping in and nine years later, took nine years to write it because taking something from a Broadway show where there's, you know, when it's obviously when it's stage dialogue, there's a lot of subtext. Yeah. But when you're talking about backstory, why is someone saying that? Why do they have that quirk? You know, you have to do, so we did um, probably about two full years of world building 
So we have giant Excel spreadsheets of like how everybody knows each other, what's going on, what's the backstory, what's everybody's timeline. Um, it's very mathematical, right? Because if you have four books and you make a mistake, and I learned this from J.K. Rowling because she made a mistake, I think, in book four. I don't know if you've ever read about this, and it was like a game. It was like a game changing. Really. And she said, I locked myself in a hotel room for two weeks. And she goes, it took me two weeks to figure out a way to write myself out of this mistake. <gasps> she never revealed what it was. There are people, there's like a, a whole website dedicated to what they think the mistake was. Ooh, I'm checking that out. It was like, it was a mistake that if I would, I mean, people would have known, first of all, that there was a disconnect, but she's like, I would have ruined my work. <gasps> and it scared the Jesus out of me. So we started what we call it the Bible and it's, it's like 27 tabs and it has everything. So, you know, I'll write something. And then what Mike does, my continuity guy is he helps me a lot with the, you know, uh, shaping and things like that. And he'll say, Shannon, like, we don't need another character. We don't need a subplot. We don't need another prop. Like he's my no guy kind of, but lovingly. Um, he also is my tie back. He'd be like, how is this supported? It's really cool, but how is it, is it supported? And we both go back and we like make sure that it's going to work. Um, I don't know if I would do that as much on my own as I do knowing I'm accountable to him. Right, right, uh, right. So that took like two years just to, to world build. And I had written a lot of the novel already when we did that two-year exercise. So I had to go back and rewrite 270 pages in the middle of it. I had to basically pull the whole thing apart, um, put it back together. And then, and then it started to write itself. You know, I went back to some of the older writing and brought it up to the quality of the later writing. Um, it just, it's like a giant tapestry. And then we were like, it's ready. Uh, you know, I'm a musician too. And any, anytime you're creating an album, a good producer will always tell you, they'll be like, it's never going to be done. You only abandon it at some point. Because as an artist, you'll work something until, right? But if you think about like woodwork, at some point you're going to ruin, you're going to ruin yes. it. Yes. You have to stop. It's like one chisel too many and you like knocked the naturalism out or, you know, whatever it is, you can chisel something to death. And we got to a point with the novel where we were like, this represents what we want it to represent. It has the heart we need it to have. It has the impact we need it to have. Are there things that we would probably whittle? Yes, but we, we left the imperfections because in a lot of ways they matched the characters, mm. um, what the character was going through. So uh, we, you know, we abandoned it at the right time, basically, and it got finished. And then now I have the bug permanently. Like I'm constantly just like, what can I write next? You know? Uh, so that's how I, my career sort of started. I took a long, really long break and then, you know, dove in. Um, I've written five plays as well. So I like to write different types of things. Um, and, you know, they're very different skills, but I think at the end of the day, I'm a storyteller period, no matter what I'm doing. And you just kind of jump around and you're like, how can I best honor this idea or this story and co-create and, and you write. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many, so many nuggets I want to like grab onto that you said that are so inspiring. Um, just going back to even when you started talking about how you realize that in a novel, every single character is a piece of yourself. And I always think about that with dream interpretation, that there's a school of thought that when you have a dream, that you are actually every single character in your dream. So you're the person who's being chased, but you're also some segment of you is being is the chaser and et cetera and so forth. So, so insightful to say that about 
a novel and that that step back when you're done and say, ooh, aha, that's that part of me. That's awesome. I've never heard anyone say that about a novel. And I just so appreciate you saying that. Oh, thank you. I mean, I, I, I honestly think about it like, and it sounds negative, but I don't mean it to. Writing is agreeing to dinner with your demons. Yeah. Because yeah. if you don't, your, your work can only go so far as you're willing to go inside. There were, um, there was one chapter in particular that I had to rewrite 14 times because it was a, it was a very raw issue for me in my life, but I didn't realize it. And Mike kept saying, he's like, you're writing around it. Mm. I'm not, I love him. Like he is like my brother. I wanted to like squish his face. I was like, I just want you to go away. He would not. And some of the writing was stunning. And I was like, this is very well written. He was like, I agree with you. He said, it's genius, but you're writing, you're using tap dancing and poetry to write around the issue. And oh my God, I wanted to kill him. So by the, uh, I don't know, 13th, 12th or 13th time, it was one of the same vibes. He's like, can I come over? He shows up in my doorway, same pea coat. And he was like, oh my God. He goes, oh my God. And he really taught me like, that is a demon I kind of had to submit to and vice versa in order to write it correctly. Um, And I think sometimes if you, you know, um, JK Rowling, I've learned so much from her she killed off the character she didn't say which one it was but she there's an interview where she talks about that she slept she didn't sleep for several nights and she cried she grieved for this character and their life and they do become that real to you and when they go through something you go through something and she was like if you're not that connected to the characters you're writing your readers won't be either yeah no it means that you have to have dinner with some serious demons because some of the characters that we write are not nice people right you know what I'm saying? And in order to make them like, you have to dig pretty in either something happened to you or something that, you know, that's affected you, who has that kind of energy. Um, you know, they're your babies and you really have to dig deep to, to uh, I think to write well. Um, I, don't know. I, love the, I love the way you're talking about fiction. Like so many others speak about memoir writing. And I love that because it, it really shows that it's all about who you are inside and pouring it out on the page. Sometimes people talk about fiction like, oh, I'm making stuff up. And you're talking about it so much more personal than that, which I adore. And I think is such a doorway for people who think that, you know, they dig deep if they're writing memoir, but they exert their creative uh, juices if they're writing fiction. And no, it's not black and white like that. There's pouring yourself into your characters and into your story regardless of which genre and medium you're choosing. And that's just an amazing way of describing it. Thank you. I think that's really true. And I appreciate you saying that because I do not think that memoir writing and fiction writing is any different. I think if you hear that, I feel that if you think that way, it's, you can do, you can get in danger of a lot of fluff or right. spin this thing over here. And then the reader's like, one, one, one really horrifying experience that I had with the Broadway show that actually was very painful. Um, I sent it to a director that I had worked with who was very well respected. Um, high academic, brilliant. I mean, scary smart kind of a person. Like you, you feel like they see right through you. Very difficult to work for. Not because he was mean, but I mean, that kind of intellect, like you cannot get away with anything. Um, 
he read the first draft of the Broadway show. And he was like, clearly you have an incredible gift. But he said, I'm afraid that your readers won't trust you. Mm. I was so pissed. Like, I still, to this day, this was a long time ago. I'm like, um, I will, first of all, if I ever run into that producer who said you're a novelist, I will, I will tell him this story and thank him because the novel would never have been written without him. And then this, uh, and other individuals now passed on, God bless him. Um, but what he was saying was, he's like, when you have an ability to weave a story, he's saying this to me, Shannon, when you have the ability that you have, you have a responsibility. You can't write cool stuff. You know, you're, he's like, your ultimate responsibility is you're asking people to go on a journey and they must trust you. The only way that you can touch them, which is really why we write. At least one of the main reasons I write, I don't write thinking about other people, but I definitely try to be as truthful as possible because I think it's cathartic when other people read. If you, if it was cathartic for you to write it, it's going to help someone when they read it. Yes. I mean, in a lot of ways, there are, part, there are parts of Harry Potter that saved my life. Mm -hmm. Magic within us all, the underdog. I mean, there are people who will say Harry Potter saved my life. There are lots of kids who are like, Absolutely. I grew up with Harry. He was like my brother. Mm -hmm. um, literacy rates skyrocketed from right. her series. like the good that she did but those demons like the dementors kiss and all that came from depression deep depression you know the death of her mother she actually went back and rewrote them and made them darker mm. wanted to be truthful about how she was feeling anyway my point in all that is just that a reader's trust means that i have to have dinner with demons in order to write the most truthful thing i can i would do nothing different for a memoir Awesome. awesome. You know, I wouldn't do anything different. So I love that. I think that's an amazing connection you just made. It kind of was like that. Yeah, awesome. no, but you, this, and I, I, I'm so fortunate to, to speak with authors constantly and you just really nailed it and said it in such a way that, that gives clarity and also gives permission. There are a whole lot of people out there who want to have that cathartic moment and think that they must be in memoir and no, you, you should be where your story needs to be told and that's fine. And you can still and should still be personal with your reader or they're not going to trust you. If you're not willing to, to take off your clothes for your reader, why are they going to dive deep with you? Very yeah. And I think it's hard for them. Like I write for immersion. My goal is catharsis and immersion. That's what I want an audience member to feel. I don't care if they're like, you're a great writer. Mm. You are really poetic. Man, can you write? Thank you. But if they were like, I, I was disturbed. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was so in it that I like was scared. I had to turn the lights on or whatever. Those things are more like, did it get into your soul, into your DNA? That's like, uh, who is it that has a really interesting writing style? Cormac McCarthy, who wrote The Road. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, I could barely get through the first chapter, but I will tell you what, because it's really, I'm not saying he's not an amazing writer. It's just very different in style. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, first of all, he doesn't give a rat's behind. He's like, I'm going to write my style. I'm going to write my style. And there's an attitude about that. You're like, okay. And then by the end of the first chapter, I was like, you know what I mean? But he took me, like, I had to really, but, but then he, whatever he was going through when he wrote that, to me, comes off the page. Yes. 
the apocalyptic nature, the like dust, the gray, I, I was in it. I was in it. There's no way. I, I'm not saying he's not a great writer, but the writing is interesting. It's different. It's fractured in the beginning. There might be some people who are like, oh, you know, he's a really great storyteller, but not a great writer. And I'd be like, I disagree with you. If you felt the way that you felt and you were uncomfortable, he did a fantastic job. Yeah. So I think a lot of writers get caught up in, is this good? Am I on par with X, Y, and Z? Am I, you know, they, they're like comparing as they're writing. And I, me too. And then at some point throughout the book, I, I lost, I got rid of that stuff. And I was like, what I care about is immersion. Am I in this? Do I know where I am? Because if I do, they will. Oh my gosh. Another huge, I, permission, permission for people to let go of the fact that Yes, we all want your craft to be refined. You should always be working on the craft of writing, but don't let that stop you from writing. Don't let, oh, I'm not good with grammar or somebody else is a better writer than me and that makes you put down the pen. No, keep writing. No, I think that's true. And I'll just be really real with you. I do think I have a lot of raw writing talent, but I'll tell you when I first write, wrote all of my dialogue from a formatting perspective, I, it was all wrong. Mm -hmm. My editor, I mean, we hired an extra right, right. He was like, I have a real problem here because the dialogue is so good and it works this weird way you wrote it. She's like, let's meet in the middle. She's like, I've never seen anyone write dialogue like that. But she's like, but, but readers are used to, like it was separated from the paragraphs. Right, right. And it was just a formatting thing because it was easier for me to read the subtext and make sure that I wasn't, you know, show, don't tell. I wanted all expository dialogue around the plot gone. So the only way I could figure out how to do it for my brain was to like basically separate it out, but it ended up being like this writing style that was super cool. Mm. So like, it's really weird though. So we have to kind of like meet in the middle and we did and it works great. Um, but my point is I knew that I wasn't writing dialogue traditionally. Mm -hmm. exactly. And I let myself do it. I was like, the most important thing is the honesty of the moments and I will wordcraft later. Right. That took me a long time, like to your point, you cannot edit and write at the same time. Thank it you. Fun and tie your shoes. You have to keep one. Either tie your shoes or run your race. You can't yeah. keep at the same time. And I think having Mike, I was like, Mike and I'll fix it later. I would, so what I would do is almost just auto write. I would just like, sometimes I would write with my eyes closed, oh. you know? I would have like a blob of crap basically, but not, but, but, and then I would do the grammar and worry about where the comma goes and punctuation and, you know, spacing and all that stuff. But I certainly got myself to a point where I stopped doing that while I was crafting. Right. Right. Thank you. Thank you. I say it all the time. Don't edit while you're writing. Write, yeah. write, keep writing. Oh, but you know, I love how um, you have said so many times uh, over these times about Mike, and I'm so loving that um, not only that you're giving credit to somebody else, but that you are talking to people about don't tread, you know, don't run this marathon by yourself, whether whatever you choose for that other person, have other eyes on it. You were talking about how it keeps you accountable in world building and facts. There are so many ways that that other set of eyes can help you. And some people have it in groups of people. Some people like yourself might have it in one person who is an accountability person who's helping. But I'm so thrilled, you know, that you are talking about 
the the assistance you know the it, it, it takes a village kind of an approach and i'm loving that it does yeah thank you it does take a village i tell mike all the time i mean he's in the beginning he is listed on amazon you know mm -hmm. on all the platforms he's listed yes. as an editor i see that i never have written this without him um, the crazy expanses, uh, you know, when I'm in that immersive world, I will overwrite and he ha he comes in and he's like, you are, he, oh my God, our biggest dialogue, he'd be like, he, he'd be like, honey, it's in there. It's already there. And I'd be like, they have to know, da, 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 da. it's so intense, rah, rah. And he'd be like, honey, it's in there. We got it already. And I'm like, wait, but so yes. I have a file that is 22 2200 pages of deleted <laughs> chapters dialogue text that's how much and the book i think word pages wise i don't remember what it was i think the book is upper fours but um that's how much i got rid of that that's amazing serving so to your point the other thing i would say is i know that people especially i feel like people that are starting they want approval that this is a good way to spend my time. I have some talent. Something will happen with this. They want, I hear that a lot. They're like, well, I gave it to my husband and da, da, da. I would say, uh, yes, second pair of eyes, totally important. Give that person parameters. Mm. What I'm looking for is your experience. Mm. I have somebody else working on dialogue or punctuation or whatever. What I'm looking for is, uh, did you feel an, it was an authentic voice? What I'm looking for is, this moment right here, were you confused about who the bad guy was? Like, if you're gonna get feedback, give it a very narrow tunnel, especially the more the person loves you, the more narrow the, the request has to be. <laughs> because otherwise, I think it gets really funky. I think, you know, when someone knows you really well, their viewpoint on what you're writing is gonna be about what they know of you. So they're gonna recognize the fragments and characters that are you. And that's not really helpful to you as a writer. People will say that to me all the time. They'll be like, oh, there's a lot of Zoe in you or a lot of you and Zoe. And I'm like, that's not actually feedback though. Like, right. thank you. And I don't really want to have that conversation. So I would like to have a conversation about your experience with this chapter. Did you feel confused, cold? Could you connect to the character? Were you scared for her? Those are the types of things. What is that person's experience with your work? That's more important to me than, is it good? Was it well-written? You know, would you recommend this? Do you think I have talent? I don't think that those are constructive dialogues for an author. Mm, I love that. I love that you're giving uh, boundaries. We should all in our lives, I mean, never mind about writing, have boundaries and be willing to voice them and, and have the strength of conviction of knowing that it is better for ourselves. And that's just a personal statement, but thank you so much for saying that when you're asking for feedback about your writing. Because like you said, people are just so desperate to say, did you love it? Did you love it? And yeah. you're by doing that, you're giving the power to the other person of your creation. Exactly. And doing it the way you described, you're including them and their experiences and you're respecting the fact that they have a voice, but you're, you're keeping ownership of your baby and creation here. And that's- Yeah, and you know, I have to give credit to that that piece of my discovery to Brene Brown, because there's a podcast, not a podcast, a TED talk that she did many years ago where she said, if you're not in the arena, really in the gladiator arena of your life, I'm not interested in your feedback about what I'm doing in the arena. Because- Wow. Sidelines. 
And she wasn't a, a wench about it. She was like, thank you. Uh, you're sitting in the shadows having a bonbon. I, I'm out here with the lions. Like I'm in my gladiator suit. I'm not interested in your feedback about how I'm, how I'm, you know, in, in the, in, in the arena. And there's a little bit of that with, especially if you're, you know, I'm pretty specific about getting feedback from other authors. So I think that can be tricky, but if there are people in my life, I actually had a form <laughs> they would fill out. That was the same because the other thing too, is if you're not getting the same data sets from everybody that you're giving your work to, mm. there's no way to, compare. so I had a column of like, okay, people clearly did not understand this plot point. Everybody says something different and, and or, or, or got the wrong answer. So I need to fix this because that's the writing. But the experience part column, I loved. It was like, you know, deep, thoughtful. I, I had dreams about it, you know, whatever. I was like, okay, people are affected by the work. Oh. So I, I took my forms and people were laughing at me. You know, these are people I'm really close to, but I made them all fill it out. I didn't make them, make them but I was like, these are the boundaries. These are, these are what I gave you. And some people were like, why do I, this is kind of weird. Can't we just have like a, a call? And I was like, we can, but I want to maximize your time and your, what you're offering me in order to do that. I need to look at the data in a certain way. And then they were like, great. I, how can I help? It also stopped, you know, if, if you're dealing with somebody who's like, there's something they've always wanted to do and they haven't done it and you're doing something, it stops mm -hmm. like, you know, critic of theirs. Um, so that's what worked for me. And I do that now, you know, I mean, that's my style now, like, Hey, would you mind taking a look at these 10 chapters and, 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 and here's how, here's what I would love to get from, from your time. Oh my gosh. So fabulous. I love the way you're taking, um, feedback and turning it into a quantifiable, you know, a form that's objective that you can spreadsheet. I, I'm so about that. You have no idea. The other thing too is, you know, when you care about somebody and then they're looking at your work, you're very naked. And if they're like, you have a lot of cellulite, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to think about that for a long time and it's going to affect you every time you get dressed. Yes. So every time you sit down to write in your unconscious mind is that somebody was like, your sentences are like really, you know, kind of a fun, what, what about Cormac McCarthy? If somebody was like, no <laughs> want to read these broken sentences. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like that's his style. Lady Gaga has her own style. I mean, nobody knew what to do with her when she first came on the scene. It was like, what, why are you in an egg? What's that outfit? She was like, this is my expression. So I've really learned a lot from these artists that I, that are forging their own way. I mean, you know, Joni Mitchell had to fight her own battles about her song, her poetic style and that her songs were so long and like Tori Amos, you know, the, all these artists who like tried to break out and do their own voice, they had a lot of critics, but I have definitely found that like when I ask people to experience my work and I give them, I'm like, this is what I'm asking you. Then I, I don't have to deal with any of the crap. I just deal with their experience. I can line it up and say, okay, I've got some work to do and some refining, but it's not asking me to temper my voice. Oh, love this. Oh and my that, gosh. That probably comes, Stephanie, from years of rejection, which you have this in your family, rejection <laughs> of being an actor. Yeah. All you deal with is rejection, even when you're in rehearsal. Eh, you know, you're crying on the floor and you've had, and the director is like, let's try it again. And you're like, what? <laughs> I mean, 
projection as a performer is, and as an interpreter of other people's work is how most directors shape work, which is going to start changing because it's so destructive to the performer. But if you, I mean, I'm so used to that, that I was like, when I'm writing my own work and I can control my own environment, I do not want rejection. I want constructive, I want constructive feedback. Right, right. But it has to be experience-based. It can't be like, I don't think people are going to read this. I don't, what what genre are you in? (laughs) But you'll get that. You'll get like, this won't be everyone's cup of tea, you know? It's like, well, that's not actually what I asked you though. Right. And also not me worry about that. Right. And that's not helpful. Not helpful at all. But people will say, I got a lot of that. Oh, it's it's amazing. It's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. It's going to take a while to take off. It's like, did I ask you that? Yeah. I mean, these are people like close to me. I was like, okay. And that's when the the form was born like the next day. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Every book has its genre and every book has its, that's not my cup of tea, by the way, any, any writer, Mark, what Atwood, like, you know, Tom Wolf, there are, you know, Tom Clancy, like there are going to be people that are diehards and people are like, I don't, doesn't speak to me. So that's also not constructive. It's like, of course that's the case. Exactly. Okay. I, I totally want to see this form. I'm so about the form. You have no idea. I'm stealing the form, everyone. I, I, am, it to you. I am loving the form. And you also have to promise me that you're going to come back because we got so much out of you on like, so how'd you get your start on writing? Then we didn't even get a chance to talk about the book. So will you promise another episode? Yes, 100%. Okay, we have to, we have to. So um, for those who are watching now and you know, before we even get to our other episode, please Velvet, visit velvetmoonchronicles.com and I swear we're gonna talk about the book. Um, so we will welcome Shannon back. Thank you so much. You yes. are so awesome. Uh, the gems you have just given to writers out there and the permission and the form, which I am all about. Loving it. Yes. I'm so empowerment for writers, run your race. and Love and, that, love that. And no idea, you know, no idea is not worth exploring. That would be my other piece. Is any nugget that you have, just start writing. You just don't know what's going to come out. Oh, okay. And you're coming okay. back and we'll continue. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us for Once in Future Authors. If you've enjoyed the show, Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Reviews help other interested listeners to find the show, so your review could launch new books every day. Thanks again for joining us, and happy writing.